Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello, Alex. Hello. You are in a stripy sweater. Could be Juventus. Could be Newcastle. Who are you repping today? Oh, uh, Newcastle would be the vertical lines. I don't know who does horizontal black and white lines. If anyone That's... knows, let me know. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, our, our special guest anyway. might. <laughs> special guest might know. Special guest Raul Kavavali. How are you, sir? I'm well. I've never been this happy about a defeat before. And <laughs> for context, Raul is a uh, Real Madrid fan. For anyone that doesn't know or, or hasn't heard um, the episodes in which you've joined us before, but thank you for for coming back. Um, yeah, as you said, your your team has experienced a loss this evening, but a. Uh, if not a moral victory, then then a, a heartening loss, maybe. Yeah, is there such a thing as a moral defeat? <laughs> I think uh, so. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything moral about our performance today, but just just coming out of a Champions League game, having conceded four goals, but still having some sort of hope and weird illogical optimism, almost is is a very bizarre uh, bizarre emotional ride to be on. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Bernie, mm-hmm. it's it's always been my contention that semi-finals are better than finals, and this really lived up to it, no? Yes, um, this this was a great game for the neutral. Um, I if LBG was still managing club football, he couldn't be complaining about having Trichiarsh from from <laughs> from watching this game because. I don't know. I hate being that guy, but it was definitely not a celebration of good defending, but it was a celebration of action <laughs> occurring on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, so like some of the defending was. I, I like. I'm I'm one of those people that has sympathy with defenders because like it's hard. It's actually very difficult. But there were like the acres of space for City players in the first half, in front of and behind the Real Madrid defense. Um, Raúl. We like Ancelotti is is widely known as a vibes manager. Um, you've now watched him up close twice uh, in his first in Arel and now now. Is he actually a vibes manager? Is, is there more behind it, or does he just cock his eyebrow and like put the players out and hope for the best? There, there is more behind him, but I would say he is much more of a vibes manager than Zidane is. Uh, whereas mm. Zidane is the one who gets uh, the vibe manager narrative more. But I feel like Carlo is more pure vibes than Zidane. And, and you know, in terms of ta- it's like tactical, he obviously doesn't have like a tactical philosophy, but this season he's been like swinging back and forth between, you know, let's be a pressing team. And, no, let's be a team that's sit back. And lately we've been in this like identity crisis where we're neither. Like we're so, sort of sit back, but then like the attacking players have the freedom to decide when they want to press. And it's just based on, you know, them being in the mood and not any sort of structure. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's Carlo for you this season. Bernie, are, are you surprised at this? Um, I mean, he did, he is Italian and did manage Italy for a little bit. So he can't totally lose, you know, the ability to, to coach <laughs> tactics. But like, I think, so I think that, the vibes portion of Ancelotti comes from the fact that he has realized, like, in Nigeria, we have a saying, like, I can't come and kill myself. 
and and what we're saying when we say I can't come and kill myself is to say like life is short. I'm just gonna live and have fun. And I think Ancelotti is like like he's realized that you know I'm older, can't be stressing. I got a nice house in Vancouver. Like yeah, you know what I mean. So the Everton job, where he was just sipping on espresso half the time anyway. Like as far as I'm concerned, he's here to have a good time while he's managing, and I think he's earned that. But Carlo, just like please, please, a defense. I is I beg you, like please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that might help, at least, I mean, not for the second leg, but over the summer. Antonio Rudiger seems to be all set to join Real Madrid. Uh, Raul, you're happy about this? Yeah, I'm delighted about this. We really needed another centre-back body. Like, Alba and Militao, despite the horror show they put on today, they have been very good. But when one of them goes missing, like, especially if Militao is missing for some reason, then suddenly all our centre-backs are, like, five foot five, and there's, like, no physicality. There's no one who can defend in the air, because Alba can't do that. So with him coming in, it gives us that depth, but we can also put, and we were discussing this on Twitter, we, it gives us the option of moving Alaba to left back, where he's much more productive going forward than many. And uh, so, yeah, if we really needed needed some help in the center back department. So if there's a way to get him in for the second leg, uh, I mean, there's no cup tied rule anymore and Chelsea are out. So Is there not a cup tied rule? No. Really? But I, mean, I guess there is a transfer window rule. Which, uh, yeah. But listen, is is Rudiger that guy? I don't think so. I, I think he's been propped up. I really do. I mean, he, we could do better, but given who's available on the market and him being on free and him being experienced, whereas Militao is younger, you could see you could see that working. And I think his style of defending, his sort of reckless style, works for us. That's yeah, yeah, there's historical precedent of reckless centre backs. Yeah, that's that's really what you need at Madrid is like last ditch hero defending and someone just like going bonk, bonkers and and you know just rushing out of and being a shit disturber. You know, Rudiger is just that guy who you hate playing against and you hate everything about him. But when he's on your team, you feel good. So and he put in a really good audition in the the Chelsea second leg in the Bernabeu where he was really good in attack and defense, and we were really bad in defense. So just like both teams sort of, uh, Rudiger and Real Madrid both put in an audition for why Rudiger needs to go to Real Madrid. So, uh, <laughs> so the philosophical heir is Sergio Ramos. So. Yeah, or the Pepe Tron. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, that That's at one end, although it, it did just occur to me that if you have Rudiger and Alaba, if they play together at centre-back, those would probably be the most two like shot happy centre backs around because I don't know if you see Rudiger week to week, but like he just shoots a lot. Um, and, and and Bernie and I think it's because at some point um, a woman offered to uh, do things to him if he scored a goal, um, and since then he seems to have been really trying to make that happen. Um, well, in that case, I'm sure he had some things done to him by a woman after. Uh... The second leg in Madrid because he did score, although that was a header. But the the problem is they're not winning the games that he scores in, so I don't know what kind of mood she's in after that. So. It's questionable. <laughs> um, that that's one end of the pitch. At the other end of the pitch, Vinicius and Benzema have been, I mean, both kind of the stories of of Real Madrid this season. It, at the start of the season, it was more Vinicius and and how much he had 
seems to have grown and developed into you know the player that Real Madrid hoped that they would, he would become. And Benzema has just become like big daddy Benz. Like it, it, he's just phenomenal. Like every week he's doing something something new, something different, and and his like the leadership that is emanating from him is something something else completely. Yeah, it's it's incredible to witness. And I was, uh, I have this like WhatsApp group with Real Madrid fans in Toronto, and I was saying that as crazy as it sounds, I think this team is more dependent on Benzema than our previous team was on Cristiano. Because when Cristiano was there, of course he was like the talisman, the goal scorer. But there were other people who could score goals. This is when Gareth Bale was a footballer, and Benzema was scoring goals back then too, inconsistently, but he contributed. But now Benzema, he's carrying the goal-scoring load. He's a clutch guy. He's crucial for playmaking. He's a vocal leader. He's like directing people to move around, and he's just the heart and soul. And it's uh, and he's like thriving on it. He seems to love that leadership role. Uh, and this is, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to Gareth Bale and flinging poop on Gareth Bale. But that's the kind of thing we wanted Bale to do after Cristiano left. Like, all right, you're the man. You wanted to be the man. You know, step up be a leader and he just fell away whereas like Benzema is like thriving on it it's made him better and better and the confidence is just sky high and he's yeah without him I, I shudder to think what sort of uh, position we'd be in in, in the league forget about Champions League Bernie do you think Benzema's influence has grown along with his beard yes um, I, I think I think it's very important uh, he's shown his wisdom on the pitch and that's mm-hmm. shown on his beard. Um, but I think it takes me back to what I said the other day. And I want to double down on what I said that day. <laughs> on uh, That he's not number two, he's number one. When you think about just strikers. Uh, whether whether he is in number one or not is irrelevant to me. That's, that's, that's banter. But the argument became Luis Suarez and Benzema. And I just thought to myself. Look, Benzema is doing with this Real Madrid team. So look at that Liverpool team that Suarez dominated the Premier League with, right? Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, dominated the Premier League with. Benzema is doing the same thing with this equivalent squad, in my opinion, in the Champions League. So let's let's, let's take it easy. Let's take it easy. Like, my guy is running the Champions League, as Raul said, by himself, mate. Like he's running this whole thing. There are levels to this game. There are so, Bernie, after that episode, you actually changed my mind on Benzema and Suarez because I, I've always been of the opinion that, I mean, leaving Cristiano and Messi out of it in terms of you know center forwards, number nine, whoever. Since Brazilian Ronaldo, for me, the best center forward is Suarez, or that's what I always felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, take Suarez above Lewandowski, above Van der or whoever, anyone. But your arguments convinced me as to Benzema because, like, I know could Suarez do what Benzema did in terms of being being a wingman for many years and, and then graduating into this leadership role in one team and killing it in Champions League? And where now Benzema's at the level where he's he's going to end his career only behind Di Stefano and Cristiano Ronaldo. Goals for and, and and don't get me wrong, I I see I know what Alex is going to do. I know it. I can see it. But don't get me wrong here. At their peak, to me, Suarez is a better player than Benzema at their peak. But 
when you look at the scenarios of their careers, what Benzema is doing right now, I don't think. I mean, aren't they the same age? Like, <laughs> like what do you think right now is unreal? Absolutely I think unreal. Too old, isn't it? I, I don't know, but you just can't. Like, yeah. I can't fathom what this guy is doing right now, and that's that's why he puts he puts him over the edge. So, I mean, I, I will do two things. One is that I, I will put frame this in the context of the question that we got um, from Chef Dell at Man Like Dell on Twitter, who says Benzema versus Suarez discussion. Please um, followed up by Mission One Eighty at Mission Eighty One Eight Zero One on Twitter, who says maybe Henri versus Benzema as well. Wow, um, slow down there. Which is yeah, I mean. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's a big combo. Um, so last week, you know, I, as we were talking about this, I looked up the stats and, and Suarez has the better goal record. Um, so then you have to look at the context for the goals. Um, Suarez, you know, starts out his career in Europe in, in Holland, then he gets to move to, to Liverpool and he's not playing in a in a great team. Like that team, yeah, they finished, Sec- was it second that year? They nearly won the title. But that team shouldn't have nearly won the title. I mean, there were some seriously peasant players, for want of a much better word, in that side. And, you know, then he gets... I mean, he's very lucky he didn't he didn't get the move to Arsenal that he wanted, because that really would have... would have <laughs> That really would have, uh, you know, stopped a, a brilliant career in its tracks. But then he gets the move to Barcelona. And, and when we're talking about can he play the kind of you know, second fiddle as Benzema did to Ronaldo. Suarez did that for Messi and Neymar, but also did it, but also got 25 to 30 goals a season while doing it, like while being a facilitator. So I really don't think there's much to choose between these guys. Um, I think if you put peak Suarez, Bernie, as, as you say, into this Real Madrid team, I think you're going to see something pretty similar. If not, Maybe not the leadership qualities that we're seeing from Benzema, but that's something that's developed very recently, at least you know, for, from the outside looking in. I think that a lot of Benzema, I see a lot of Rooney in Benzema. And I don't mean Rooney peaked at 28 and then the rest of it is history. But in terms of playing that second fiddle to Ronaldo, Ronaldo leaves and all of a sudden you have that explosion. In Rooney's case, it was about three years of that explosion. Benzema has just kept going <laughs> since Ronaldo left. And I just feel that you look at the number of goals he scored in the Champions League. Isn't he like third now or something stupid like this? Like he's very high. Look so at his I contribution. Think, I think too. it was second if you take out Messi and Ronaldo. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Lewandowski and him. With, uh, Lewandowski, but I don't know if that's even now or he must be close. If not even. And then look at his contributions to um, them winning the Champions League itself. Whereas Suarez won one with the best team ever? Apparently. 2015? Wasn't that, was that it? Did he win anything else? It yeah, was the MSN team, yeah. Yeah. Like, you gotta do more than that, mate. Like <laughs> you, just, you just have to do more than that. And, and, and then, didn't, didn't my man Benz Take away uh, La Liga from Messi when Ronaldo left. Didn't did this happen? Did this happen? Yeah. I mean, uh, I I mean how, many, how many La Ligas did uh, Suarez take away from Benzema? If you're going to frame it like that, though. Oh, differences. That's MSN. 
okay, calm down. That's messy. That's messy. Relax. What are you saying about Rodrigo and, and Vinicius? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. I mean, if it's close between Benzema and Suarez, then I think the only fair thing is a tiebreaker should be who has better drip and Instagram game and then and style and vibes and all that. So I think I that's mean, a really fair tiebreaker. Is that fair, though? Because, like, Suarez is from Uruguay. Not a very drippy country. And I say that as a fan. Like, <laughs> Diego Forlan would like to differ. But, but okay. when we talk about drip, though, can we also talk about drip on the field? Because that Penenka my man did today. Like, to me, that is the tiebreaker. <laughs> like, how many Penenkas have you scored in the semifinal of a Champions League, mate? Let's let's find, let's just run the math. Let's do the numbers. <laughs> Not and only was it a Penenka, but it was a, it was like a perfectly executed one too. And from a guy who missed two penalties just this past weekend. That's no cool. shit. <laughs> yeah, he had both penalties saved by the I think it was the Osasuna goalkeeper, and he missed another penalty I think like a month or so ago. Uh, so yeah, he just like flubbed two penalties a few days ago, and then Matt comes out with a a high Penenka too, not just a Penenka, but. Just under the crossbar, Penenka. That was very big, Cajones. I mean, not not to be terribly obvious and and shit all over Osasuna, but I think that hands Suarez the victory, doesn't it? If the Osasuna keeper saves two of your penalties in one game. No, but then again, uh, Suarez is racist. Oh, <laughs> my man, Big Ben's. But then Big Ben's blackmailed his teammates. Oh, you know what? Maybe they're tied forever. <laughs> Yep. Yep. All gets a bit nibbly. <laughs> um, on the other side of the equation, uh, Bernie, what do you think of uh, the City performance? Because when it comes to these kind of ties, um, and Raul, you, you will have watched Pep up close as well. You know, we know that when it comes to the Champions League semi final, he's likely to do something a bit weird. This time, played a defensive midfielder, played a striker, which is big for him in Gabby Jesus, uh, and it worked really well, apart from all the conceding goals stuff, but, you know. They should have buried them. Like, mm-hmm. we shouldn't actually be having a conversation about Big Ben's today, <laughs> like, because this should have been for nothing before Real Madrid woke up in this game. They obliterated Madrid. It was it was men against boys for what, the first 30, 25, 30 minutes, something like that? Mares. I mean, sensational cross for De Bruyne. Probably could have had another assist. Um, someone else, Gabi Jesus, scored with from hilarious defending. It could have had two more. Like, I think Ramadan probably looked up and were like, "We're still in this." Oh shit, boys! <laughs> and then, then it came back because Pep did everything right except for get his guys to to finish. But, yeah. Did you see? Uh... Pep going absolutely mental at Mares when he failed to, to square the ball for Foden. Yeah, the fourth official had to calm him down. Usually, <laughs> usually that happens when you're yelling at the fourth official or the referee. But he, he's like, come, stop yelling at your player, man. It's a little too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel like that was the turning point that sort of allows us to still be alive. Because that, if, if he just cuts back, he has De Bruyne there. It's a goal. Or he has the option of crossing the foot in the far post. It's 3-0. The tie is over. And I, I really think like after that, 
would have been way too much. But it stays 2-0, and then we get one goal back, so it's 2-1, and, and suddenly the whole complexion changes. And so even when they take the lead again, restore their two goal, we, we know that, okay, we, we can score. And yeah, having said that, I mean, Mars was brilliant, but if if we pull this off, I think it'll go back to that Mara's uh, chance. Or... Fair enough. Uh, we do have a question about Mara's actually. Um, Chef Chelios on Twitter says, "How much would Mara's cost in today's market?" Uh, Bernie, do you have any thoughts on this? Only because he's approaching thirty, he would probably cost exactly what they bought. They paid for him sixty million. But if this was Mara's, if he was performing like this two years ago, eighty million at the low end. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I just... I just, I just don't feel like anyone would pay it. Like, I, I feel like you could you could save Mara's... You could j- totally justifiably say Mara's is worth 60 million. I just don't think anyone's out there Paris to pay. Yeah, but that would be a sensible signing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Raul, if, if Real Madrid were interested in Riyad Mahrez, how much would you want them to spend on him at the most? Um, I just can't envision us being interested in him because wide players, that's one of the areas where we're pretty stuck. Uh, so I don't know, but I, I would go even lower than, than Bernie's figure for what he's worth. Now, given his age, he's like 29 or 30, right? So I'd say maybe like 50 million. But if we went out tomorrow and paid 50 million for Mares, I'd be pissed off. Just because <laughs> we have other needs. Not, not Fair enough. Where would you spend that money? Uh, a midfielder, uh, an alternative slash upgrade over Casemiro. We've been linked with Chouameni, as other clubs have. It cost mm. a lot, but that would be amazing. Obviously, Rudiger's coming in. We desperately need a right back. Carvajal's like completely over the hill, and uh, yeah, so right back, midfielder, center back looks like he's coming in. Obviously, Rudiger and Mbappe, even though he would be coming in on a free, if he comes, will cost a lot of money in signing off fees and stuff. So, so those are the areas I think if we if we cover those four, it will we'll be good for for next season. Alex, you know what could reasonably happen? Hmm. You could have a new spine for free at Real. Madrid. In the sense of uh, Rudiger, free. Mm-hmm. Pogba, free. Mm. Mbappe, for free. And then you can chuck like 20 million on Matty Cash if you want to get back. Matty but, Cash. Poland <laughs> <laughs> <Berlin> International. <laughs> but, but seriously, if you, you get those three guys for free, my God. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're saying free. I think you're looking at probably, what, like 10 million signing on for Rudiger, something like that, probably similar for Pogba, and then like a 50 million signing on fee for Mbappe. It's still relatively cheap compared to what you'd pay for them, though. Well, Raul has been Pogba's agent, so 100 million sign-on fee for that mess. Raul, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you would reject the idea of Paul Pogba. Yeah, 100%. A few years ago, I would have loved it, but our our need is more like if you look at our future midfield, say in a couple of years, I see Valverde there on the right, Kamavinga on the left, and we need someone in the middle who is defensively adept but can control the tempo and pass the ball well. That's where like the Chua idea comes in. Because 
because uh, Casemiro is uh, is getting on and he's sort of like an outdated style of player. Like he's amazing at destroying, but he's just so weak on the ball. You just can't nowadays. It's just hard to carry that for much longer. So, so yeah, that's why Pogba is, wouldn't be uh, the prime sort of. Piece Do you see Florentino looking at it and going, "Oh, the marketing dollars." I need. I like like Mbappe, Pogba. Like, do you see it, him I saying? Think, I don't think Pogba has that sort of appeal anymore to the same degree that he did a few years ago. You think so? I think yeah. so. Especially if if Mbappe is coming in, and you know, even though Benzema's thirty four, his stock has grown, and Vinicius is a burgeoning superstar. So you know, marketing wise, you're in pretty good shape. But, you don't need to prioritize that too much for Pogba. Pogba would be the the caca to to Mbappe and Ronaldo for sure. Yeah, probably with the number of appearances we'll get to. Um, <laughs> well, the the Instagram drip videos would would be sick though. Coming out of the Bernabeu would be sick. I mean, the Pogba Benzema mashup, you know, would be un <laughs> uncontested. I'm sure. Speaking of massive signings, did you guys see when? Um, I think it was after. The first goal, or maybe it was Foden's goal. Um, there was a kid, a City fan, in the crowd with a sign that said, "My mum thinks Grealish is delish." Wow. Wow. There are no words. I, I didn't see that, and I, I wish you hadn't told us about it. <laughs> Go back and watch the highlights again. You'll see it. At least, at least the the DSLN highlight. I I need to rewatch it to 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 have a closer look and see if he's standing next to his dad and what face. The dad's making. I still can't believe, because um, Mo, Mo characterizes game as old guard versus the new guard, I guess, and it's like, yeah, because Man City can spend a hundred million on someone and just not play him. Although the not playing him is not by choice necessarily. <laughs> yeah, you you actually tried to play him. They didn't try to play Grealish. <laughs> Oh God! Um, while we have you, um, we you know we've been kind of watching Xavi's Barcelona from afar and and thinking, a this is not the team we expected him to put together, and b will this be the style of football that they continue with? Like we you know everyone kind of expected Xavi to be more Pep, more more Arteta like maybe, um, but they've been very direct and now they're being very very closely linked with Lewandowski, who is not someone that. Barcelona have been linked with before already. Um, what have you made of, of the impact Xavi has had and what he's doing with Barcelona? Yeah, it's definitely, initially at least, it definitely was an unpleasant surprise for me how well they did under him. Obviously, you expect some new manager bounce when someone with that sort of charisma comes in. But it goes beyond that. Like I believe he, he really is a good tactician and he's done really well. But this was a lot of question marks. And, and oddly enough, I think the Ever since they beat us 4-0 in the Classico, they've been on a downturn, and we've been on sort of like more upward trajectory. And I just wonder if maybe they got too complacent after that, thinking that, okay, you know, we're back, and, you know, Gerard Piquet was tweeting it, you know, we're back, and Tiki Taka's back, and all of that. <laughs> and they went and lost to, you know, Cadiz and Rayo Vallecano and losing to Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, and, yeah, there's just some question marks about what their squad will look like next season. Like Dembele, hasn't signed a new deal. Like, at first, they were trying their best to push him out. 
then he realized, okay, I, I can play for a new contract in another, another club. So he's been playing really well. And now they're like, no, please stay, please stay. <laughs> not signing. And then Adama is there. He's on loan. But then if they want to get him on a permanent, I think they have to drop like 30 million on him, which would be a really stupid thing to do. So, and Lewandowski at bizarre. I mean, of course, he'd improve them, but can they afford him? I don't know. They're, they're supposed to, they're, they're broke. How can they, <laughs> if it's on a free or whatever, how, how Spotify they camp now, bro. Spotify camp now. <laughs> JP Morgan Stanley Chase. <laughs> yeah, a lot of question marks. I mean, Frankie De Jong has been another like thorny issue for them. He's obviously really talented, but he's been very inconsistent, and lately he's been subbed off, and he's like angry at Javi. And Ansu Fati is very injury prone, which is like really worrying because he's so young. And Pedri last season played like. 200 games and been really injured and now it seems like there's fears, fear in their camp that they might be doing similar thing to Gabi who's like 12 years old and he's playing plays every game with full on intensity and he's really good but it's just they're so dependent on these children and yeah. just think that they might might burn out <laughs> which is against the law by the way yeah uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I their their squad. I think you're right. I think there was a new manager bounce that they got. Um, we all knew this Luke the Young experiment would never last. Um, Wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, mate. Like he's done. He's done pretty well for them. Yeah, but like it wasn't gonna last. Like his the Luke the Young effect was only gonna like because he it's really Luke the Young's effect that rubbed off on Adama Traore and the rest. <laughs> And, and even Usman Dembele was out the door. Like he just touched Luke De Jong, and then oh my God, the Holy Spirit came over. Him. <laughs> like this is really what happened there, and that that only lasted for so long. But they have to retool the squad. I mean, if you do Lewandowski, Aubameyang goes to the wing, and he'll sulk, and then we all know that will be a problem. And then Memphis is still around. I don't know where he's gonna fit in there. Then of course you have the children. Like they're gonna do this thing of Ansufati's back, who score three goals and then break his knee and then be mm-hmm. off again. Like you're right, there are actually quite a lot of problems that they have to solve, and Christensen is not the answer. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. whatever they think, the, the whatever the question is, the answer can never be Christensen. So I'm actually nervous for them going forward because Real Madrid. I mean, rumors of of Tremaine came out as you mentioned. I'm like. Ugh, that makes so much sense. And then Rudiger makes so much sense. And Mbappe is like, that's that trajectory. Makes so much sense to me. With Barcelona, I don't see what's going on. I would still have an Atleti under Simeone once he's gotten rid of the Joao Felix wingback idea as a more competent sort of contender than Barcelona. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah, I mean, we haven't even discussed their issues in defense in detail. Like you mentioned, that like Christensen's not the answer, but also like 42-year-old Dani Alves can't be the answer for much longer. Mm-hmm. Virginia Dest well, hasn't really cut it. And PK, I mean, I don't, I don't think... I don't know if you guys have been following his uh, off-field oh, yeah. uh, stuff. Very shady. He's like pally-pally with the president of the Federation. All kinds of conflict of interest, sketchiness. And he's still at, you know, in his mid-30s, still very important to them, which is a, a worry for them. Uh, so really, like, going forward, the only defender in their squad that you would want to have is Araujo, who is really good. And then worth he, $1 billion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to them, to them he is, but you need three other pieces around them to, to create a competent defense. 
and that's that's tough. To that point, though, uh, Rojo, um, one billion, Pedri, one billion. Mm-hmm. Someone else is gonna get one billion. Sell them Gavi, all. I'm sure. Shit! Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Just, just ask Elon. Elon, Elon will do it. Shit. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Follow, I mean, much better purchase than Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just, I mean, it is. Anyway, I had a very inappropriate joke, so let's move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's talk about other managers. I think this this is largely based on absolute bollocks, but it's sort of a fun thought exercise. So this week, the um, like Conte Pochettino stuff kind of surfaced. Um, like we we've known that Pochettino would be out the door at PSG for months, like probably since January, February. I don't know. Um, it's been clear that that relationship soured a long time ago. Um, so this is this is not a surprise. Um, the Conte thing cracks me up though, for the most part because like whoever manages PSG, pretty much they win the league. Conte has won three out of his fifteen Champions League games that he's ever managed. Like this is. This is not the guy to take you to the Champions League. If anything, they should nick Carlo. Or, or you know, Zidane, who's sitting right there. Also, getting Conte is, is the best way to ensure that you don't keep Mbappe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just makes me think that like, the, the more this Conte rumor takes team, the more confident I get that Mbappe is coming to Madrid. I'm still not 100% there. But this Conte mm-hmm. thing makes me confident. I, I know, yeah, just the thought of Conte with Neymar and Messi and, and you know butting heads with Ramos and training ground and come on Rahul, you want to see Mbappe as a wing back, All right? You you want to see it? I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see a manager take all of Neymar and Messi's agency away and just dictate exactly what passes they have to make. Like it's just such nonsense, but it's great fun. Man. Uh, anyway, we have uh, we have a couple of questions. I think they are they are more um, Premier League based, but let's have a look at them anyway. Um, this one cracked me up. Actually, it's a, a series uh, from Jojo at Mojo Dope Joe on Twitter who says, "A has Gerard made Aston Villa worse?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if the points totals back that. But he certainly hasn't made them better uh, from like on paper. Game no. to game, I think you could you could say they're more aggressive and possibly a bit more organised. I don't know, but they're not a better team now than they were last season, for example. Wait, um, last season they just avoided relegation, right? I think they did a bit better than that. But like, they did. They started off really well. This one. Then tanked, and then he came, and it's just been barely surviving. Like, so that's worse to me. Like, just because he walks around like his chest puffed out doesn't mean anything. Like, it's rubbish. Get, get, get the hell away from there. Hey, they finished eleventh last season. That's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, has he made them worse? Wait, when did what? we sign Van der Beek? Ah, yes, it was the one before. That's right. We should have signed Grealish when we signed Van der Beek, but hey, I'm not salty. Alright. Um, no? No? He's made them worse? Hang on. Where are they now? They are... They're 15th. Oh, yeah. Lost the last <laughs> four? 
<laughs> yeah, he's shit. Move on. Um, Look, I, I just I, I remember there was a game that they lost to I think Man City or Liverpool. I, I feel like it was during the Boxing Day period where they lost, but there was all this talk about yeah, he's he's Gerard, he's like really short and short things up, and it's a great revival, and so I guess. So. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they did look good for for a few minutes. Uh, we'll let Mo defend them, defend Gerard when he's next next on. But uh, yeah, for now he's rubbish. Um, where, speaking of which, was Sean Dyche holding Burnley back? Asks Jojo, which I think is really funny because, like, you know, for the last decade we've just been like he's working miracles and keeping them up, and I think that's objectively fair to say. But since he's left, seven points from nine. I think he's um, he's just had his Eddie Howe moment. Where it's like, <laughs> I made you what you are. But at some point, he lived long enough to become the villain. Uh, you know, as per, as per the Dark Knight. So he had to go. Well, sadly for him. But happily for me, because it means Frank could get relegated. Which is all I need in this life. <laughs> Uh, it, it, Raul, uh, are Real Madrid fans like aware of what's happened to Everton after Carlo left? Like, is that a topic of discussion? No, we actually. I I constantly forget that Carlo managed Everton. <laughs> it's difficult to picture. Except so every once in a while, I'll tune into an Everton game and I'll, I'll see like Richarlison and I'll. And I'm, I'm a one of the the co-founders of the Richarlison fan club. And sometimes I'm like, man, I would take Richarlison in Madrid as a, as a backup. And then I remember, oh yeah, Carlo coach Richarlison. Maybe he could make it work. Uh, but aside from the, the Richarlison link, I constantly forget that Carlo managed there. I think it's one of the more bizarre appointments to, to have happened. Yeah. I, I, if you are going to take Richarlison, you're going to have to be very okay with diving. I mean, I personally am. It's not an issue for me. But a lot of people... Uh, are very offended by it. He does it a lot. Yeah, he's a he's a big shit disturber for sure. But I'm 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 all for that. Fair enough. Uh, the last one here from Jojo: Can Saka win uh, Young Player of the Season? And should the rule cha- be changed if if Trent Alexander Arnold wins it again? Because uh, what's he won it like two three times? Yeah, I think anyone with a like Trent have I thought Trent had a family. I was gonna say anyone with a family should not be able to win this, but. Uh, no, Trent, Trent should not j- win. Jack someone else's family, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, no, Trent should not be allowed to win it. Uh, I think it is Kyle Saka, though. Like, I'm trying to look at other stats. Yeah. Why not? Why not for Kyle Saka? He deserves it. I mean, Trent is 23. Like, I feel like young player of the year should be limit should be like 21 like he could be gavi's dad <laughs> but but i think he, like he tried it that's for sure <laughs> gavi was the baby <laughs> but i think I, I quite like the idea bernie like I, I think if you have a kid you can't be entered into that competition i think i think that's a good line to draw now i'm googling to see if trent ha- actually has a I don't know why I care. <laughs> um, Raul, who, if it's not Vinicius, well, I suppose it would be like Pedri or, or, or Gavi, but are there any, okay, are there any non-Real Madrid or Barcelona players in La Liga who have stood out 
this season? Young players, rather? Uh, does, uh, does a draw Felix count? I guess. No. Or if not draw Felix, you know, I'll, I don't know how old he is, but since he's sort of new to the scene, Dan Juma, he's not young, but mm. he's sort of young in our conscious consciousness as a as a noteworthy player. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's been really, really good for Villarreal. He scored a brace a few days ago. And, and uh, Gerard Moreno, who's their talisman, had a lot of injury problems. So Dan Juma has been, like, the man stepping up and scoring goals. And, uh, and he really credits Unai Emery with, uh, with improving him and, and helping him hit another level as a player. So, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the first name that comes to mind. Other than that, uh, it's if I look over at Real Sociedad, Oyar Sabal, he's still relatively young. I think he's still in his like, early 20s. Yeah. Having a very good season. I don't know why he keeps staying there. <laughs> Does he have like a slave contract or something? Like, what is going on? Because every summer I go, someone should sign him, and then he never goes anywhere. I've never even seen like a bid. I never see a rumor. I never see like evaluation. Nothing. He's like Naki Williams, where like <laughs> it's like this forbidden zone around him that you just can't touch. Actually, since you mentioned Naki Williams, uh, speaking of young players, his uh, brother Nico Williams, I think is is far more talented than than Inyaki. He's gonna Ooh. be really good. Uh, talent, like his. Biggest achievement, and he is like very talented himself. But he has this insane record of playing. <laughs> like he hasn't missed a La Liga game in like six seasons or something. Like he's played every single one. Mm-hmm. For yeah, I saw that. Bonkers for someone who's a wide player, like attacker who runs a lot. But yeah, in terms of talent, I think uh, Nico Williams has like a higher ceiling. That's one. Interesting. I'm really hoping that's true, and and not like when Rio said that Anton is a better defender than me, which turned out to be <laughs> total bollocks. But that that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun if, if we could get both Williamses going. Williams does Williams siblings sporting heritage. To be fair, yeah. What else we got? Um, you have a couple other questions. We'll we'll return to Villarreal in a second. Um, Dre at Trini Dre says, why Newcastle above Brighton? I have a geographical answer to that. Not a financial answer to that? <laughs> I mean, there's that. But, like, I, I was looking at it, and I, and I thought, like, the obvious thing with Brighton is that they play good football, don't score enough goals. And that is that is extremely true. Um, um, so why Newcastle above Brighton? So, you know, the the obvious answer was, was goals. But I looked it up, and it's not that. Because, like, Newcastle have a goal scorer, Callum Wilson, but he's he's injured all of his life. So that hasn't really been a fact. But both clubs, like, the goals get shared around. Um, so I think it's just the bad karma from having Neil Mope. Um, and a five foot one right back. Which is just me picking on the fact that the right back is five foot one. I just feel like saying it. Lampty yeah, Dumpty. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'll tell you what the other thing is. Don't sell your best defender to Newcastle mid-season. What, Dan Burn? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like... Uh... <laughs> Did Veltman go away or something? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, they got money, and Newcastle did their thing, spent the money wisely. That's that's it. So. Speaking of which, who, who would you guys say was has been like the best or most impactful of those Newcastle signings? Lately, it's been Bruno Guimaraes, who was starting to look seriously, seriously good, um, and and. Has like I don't think he was ever that much of a goal scorer at Lyon, but he certainly has been lately at Newcastle. So it'll be interesting to see if that keeps up. 
Um, before that, like earlier on, it was Trippier, and then he got injured. Uh, Bernie, any other? Honestly, everyone else just stepped up. It was it was more like if you want, you can say Joel Linton before Eddie Howe was just nonsense, and then Joel Linton, mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever whoever this is, <laughs> is, is is pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, they just Eddie Howe's done a good job. Maybe it's a new manager balance. He'll Eddie Howe it. However, all his sign none of his signings are Eddie Howe ish, which is amazing. So, prop props to them on that. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, to end, let's uh, let's go back to Villarreal for a second. They've got Liverpool in the Champions League semi-final. Uh, on paper, as have all the other Villarreal draws, this should be a, a walkover. But Emery's uh, Emery's too clever for that. Raúl, are you expecting Villarreal to to uh, get through this, or do you think they will they will die a, a, <laughs> a moral defeat? No. Yeah. This is this is one step too far. Uh, I wasn't as shocked by the Bayern result as a lot of people were because I felt that Bayern have been overrated for a while this season. Like I think they played Salzburg the round before and they made it difficult on themselves. And who else did Villarreal about? Like Juventus. I mean, come on, this is Juventus. This isn't 2017 Juventus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Liverpool is just way too good. I, I just don't see it. Like I'm sure you know Una is a great cup manager and all that, and I'm sure they'll. Uh, you know, they'll lose with dignity. I don't, I don't think they'll get necessarily like, played off the park with like a horrendous scoreline. But they're, they're also, I think, going to be missing Gerard Moreno for this game, their main goal scorer. And uh, yeah, so I think it's just a bridge too far. Bernie, 6-0, 9-0, what are you thinking? Last time I did this, I was wrong. Um, in the first leg, I was wrong overall. <laughs> um, I actually think Liverpool, first leg is where? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I think I think this will actually Liverpool will go through. I'm not saying it will be difficult, but I think it will be tighter than people expect it to be. It's um, Anfield. Oh, first leg at Anfield. Okay, three one they win at Anfield, and nil uh, nil in San Sebastian. Is that what the stadium is? No. Shit. San Mamés. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bill Bow. Shit. Go, go to all the sands. You still won't get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, El Madrigal? No, yes, that was uh, their old uh, stadium. Oh, come on. Uh, they have a new stadium? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? It's uh, uh, Ceramica. It's the same stadium, but it used to be called El Madrigal and they renamed it to Ceramica. Okay, I'm going uh, with El Madrigal because I don't like this ceramic. What is this, pottery? I'm, I'm, I'm not going with pottery. <laughs> Wait, what does Madrigal mean? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't believe I was like San Mames. Jesus Christ. Well, At least San Mames is a stadium, whereas uh, San Sebastian, which you stated before, is a city. But Real Sociedad. Yeah. Oh, so their stadium is called what? Uh, Real Sociedad? Yeah. So Anoeta. Ah, you're correct. See? So. Ra- Raul, as people know, is part of Barcelona, which is, uh, I think, two-time trivia winners? Mm-hmm. I think three-time, but we're two twice in a row now. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I think I think we're, we might have to bring this thing back, and we'll put Alex in a, in a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> bring some entertainment value. Oh, yeah, 
Nice. Madrigal has not come up. Has not brought any results. In the, the Google Translate. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was about. Well, apparently the the Ceramica name is because the the outer facade of the stadium has like tiled sort of ceramic yellow ceramic tiles. So yeah, I like that. Ceramics of Ceramica. Better than the Allianz Arena or some corporate bullshit. Or the Spotify account, no? <laughs> yeah, call <laughs> that. Google Translate goes El Madrigal, the Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Okay, <laughs> we seriously need to find out what the hell that means. It's got to mean something. Can't just made a word up. Anyway, oh someone help us, please tweet in at under underscore the kosh if you know what Madrigal means. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it would be bonkers to say that that Liverpool won't get through. But um, you know, they, Villarreal have done themselves absolutely proud uh, by making it this far, and uh, I'm pretty proud that we've made it this far too, Raúl. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, pleasure to have you. Pleasure, guys. Bernie? Thank you for getting Alex. Thank you for taking us this far without, you know, laughing in my face. For, About what? Nothing at all. Oh, Manchester United. Oh, what? I forgot. Bernie supports a football club. We haven't. <laughs> 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 uh, my brothers, my brothers, uh, we're out of time. Thank you very much. <laughs> I brought. I only brought it up to banter myself, but you know what? I think we're good. Uh, we'll do it next time. Uh, by next week, I'm sure there'll be three new things to banter you about. So we'll we'll I keep mean, our powder dry. We're playing Chelsea, so yeah, you're. We're definitely going to be bantered. So just keep get the jokes ready. You know. Okay. Rinse just remind you that Arsenal just battered Chelsea four and we'll leave it there before Bernie has a chance to say anything. See ya. I still recording. So I can say whatever I want. But. <laughs> Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.